I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Planned Parenthood of Southern Pennsylvania v. Casey. So grab your right to privacy. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Wallentowski. And what's there to say? It's it's been it's been a week. It's been it's been surreal. Uh it's surreal in talking to you because you, Arden, are the person who first informed me <laughs> about <laughs> The reason that we are recording this episode here today, um, which is, of course, the leaked Alito draft decision, which want to highlight first and foremost, not to be an optimist, but it is a draft. And I am curious in, in seeing the final product. And, and we'll talk more, I think, about why it's important that it's a draft and not the final decision. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's been it's, a surreal week. It's been a <laughs> it's been a very odd week on top of everything else. There's this, you know, uh looming of potential uh reverse uh regression, I guess, in in mm. civil and human rights that's now mm-hmm. very uh presently on the table. And yes, I agree it is a draft. I think though that I mean, maybe this is just the pessimist and I'm not a pessimist, but I feel like it is a draft for Alito, but it's also very, I feel like just unlikely that these people who are going to vote a certain way are going to change their mind. Sure. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, 
here, there's so many things that could happen. So I think it's important for those of you, I mean, we talk about SCOTUS all the time, but for those of you who don't know, this is kind of like the <laughs> Reader's Digest life cycle of these things. So a court case comes, they hear oral arguments in the fall, and then in the spring, from like February to March, they they get in a closed door sessions and they chit chat, chit chat, chit chat. And they kind of agree on where they're going to stand and where they're going to vote. Then it gets assigned who's going to write the opinion, who's going to write the dissent. People can write concurrent ones should they wish. But there's usually like one person who writes the opinion of the court and one person who writes the dissent of the, you know, the minority. And in end of May, June... They start releasing these opinions. And when they are officially released, that is the official stance. So it has never happened before where we get any form of this prior to it being officially released and it becoming the official new situation of the land. So I agree that I find it pretty unlikely that... The five justices who were at least listed uh, as as agreeing with this draft yep. will change their position. What I could see happening is what the content of the decision is changing. So mm-hmm. I can see a world in which Roberts comes in and he offers a more moderate stance to it. Um, Because this is, I mean, Alito's Alito's draft is Alito's draft. It's probably as an extreme of an overturn as you could possibly get. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that happens is these drafts get circulated around to the other justices who are basically Mm -hmm. agreeing with it. And they get modified. And they change. I would be extremely surprised if there was like a major switch and row was left unscathed. I think there will be yeah, I think. a gutting of row, if not a total overturning. I think optimistically there could be some things that are salvaged from it. Because uh, Alito basically wants to say the federal government should have never made this decision, or the sorry, the yeah. Supreme Court should have never made this decision. The yeah. states, the states have to make this decision, or it has to be con- like legislated. Yeah, he's saying the same thing that he is with gerrymandering, which is like this is not our, this is not, this wasn't done correctly. Mm. Um, it should have been passed through Congress, and also because it wasn't done correctly, it's instead of trying to make instead of having the effect of making people more accepting of abortion, Roe has polarized people. Now, Roe is a case. (laughs) The polarizing is coming from the politicians who are getting traction over dividing people on this issue. Right. And, and inflaming certain parts of the, of the country one way or the other. And I just feel like there's no, I, I feel like, I can see each of the people who are on the side of the five, you know, who are who would or could or probably will vote to overturn Roe, kind of having Alito's, kind of taking Alito's same stance of like, there's no right to privacy in the Constitution and everything mm. that, you know, Roe was basically built on is wrong. I just, I also, my, my, I, I wonder if they're going to say, and I think we talked about this when we did our episode on Roe, on Roe v. Wade. I, I wonder if this is going to be one of the instances where they're like, this ruling stands for this ruling and that's it. This doesn't carry mm. over into other court cases because right. otherwise there are so many court cases built on this principle of right to privacy that it's just like, right. I, I mean, I I can't. It, it's it's become so fundamental as an understanding and it's such a like a, a libertarian view that it that mm. com- that to me is confusing that like you have a right to privacy um you know like keep your hands off my guns keep your hands out of my whatever 
is such a kind of liber libertarian view that I'm also like, how is how are these conservative justices in their own mind squaring that? And that's not a question for them to answer publicly, but just internally, yeah. I don't understand that. But I, I just, that's my fear. I feel like I've, not that I've come to terms with it because I haven't, but I feel like I, in my mind, I already live in a world where there is no Roe v. Wade. And, right, right, and right. there's, you know, how, whatever the number is, basically half the states that the minute that that happens, you cannot get an abortion and you have to go someplace right. else or you have to pay a lot of money. I feel like just mentally I'm already kind of in that world. So I feel like the next step is, is this just a one and done or are, are we like right. setting stuff up and what comes next? Well, this is the major, to me, the, the really major disservice of this leak. Like on the one hand, very helpful to know what's that it's happening mm -hmm. uh, or potentially happening. But on the other hand, I feel like we are living mentally the ramifications of not knowing what the actual opinion is because the actual opinion could be a lot of different ver like the overturning rate overturning row could come in a lot of different shapes and sizes mm -hmm. yeah and to not know what those shapes and sizes are make it really difficult to like live in the present yeah and and imagine the future because obviously your mind my mind i'm like cool row's gone you know like i see this and i think row's gone Mm -hmm. And then when I take a step back and I'm like, okay, well, also wait a second. This actually could be way more nuanced. But we don't know what we don't know because this isn't the opinion. It's, you know, like yeah. we we have to – we can make certain assumptions. But then to not have the full information, it just puts us in this world of extremely painful anxiety yeah. For another probably four to six weeks, which yeah. is when I imagine this would have been released. The actual opinion, the finalized opinion would have been released. Yeah. So we have to live in this incredibly unfair limbo. And we also are getting it without getting the dissent, which the dissent is also incredibly important. It's important. It's important, but it doesn't It doesn't matter. change anything. <laughs> but I, but I, I think it's helpful to to get the other side of the argument written by somebody like Sonia Sotomayor or Elena Kagan, who I'm assuming it's probably going to be one of them. Sure. Uh, who's who's writing this dissent. Yes. Um, because they're going to make, I assume, they're going to present what the legal ramifications are to this decision, which I think are helpful just like how in when Clarence Thomas would go and he would dissent about abortion rights or whatever, mm -hmm. he also laid groundwork for how you go about legally pursuing this in a way that could make something happen. I agree, but I think that like a dissent is a dissent. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter really. And it doesn't, because you can't, once it's, once it's done, it's done. Oh yeah, no, it's not going to change the outcome. I'm just saying it is helpful to have the entire... Sure, Picture. sure. I think, but not not in the immediate term. I think it's helpful to have the entire helpful to have the entire picture if you're willing to play the long game. And I think people are and will yeah. and have been. But if they're, you know, like willing to play the long game for the next 20 years to read between the tea leaves of what Sonia Sotomayor thinks they should do so that 10 years from now, in a court case before the Supreme Court, they can come back and argue. You know what I mean? Like that's basic, and that's what this case is before the court right now is the result of a lot of Roe being overturned in Casey, which is the case we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. and then and then overturning the fundamental thing that was still true about Roe, which is that there is a right to privacy, right. because a lot of the other stuff in Roe was changed in Casey and so that's why they also want to overturn Casey they want because to do then best. it's just a then it's a free-for-all and it's open season so I feel like you know and the and the people who are bringing this case who want to overturn Roe and Casey 
have been listening to the justices and reading the tea leaves and reading the writing on the wall and working state by state and doing all of that stuff. And, and you know, that it has been happening. Um, I just feel like there's just so much more united momentum on the side that wants to overturn Roe than there is on the side of let's keep Roe. You know, like there's the, the momentum of the pro-choice and the argument of the pro-choice movement. I often feel like either gets muddled or gets mis- mixed into politics in a way that is not helpful Whereas like a pro-life stance is very much a value of the conservative left or sorry, the conservative right that I'm just like, you know, whatever, what the, what the conservative, you know, what conservatives have been able to do federally and and, in states over the last 30 years, 20, 30 years. I feel like it would take the the Democrats so much longer to do. And the writing, on you know, basically, you know, what Alito is saying in his draft is take it to the House of, you know, take it to Congress and pass something through Congress, which is like, that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. And even if it did, oh, my God, the amount of political capital, nothing else would happen. Nothing else would happen. There would be no infrastructure bills. There'd be no education bills. Right. We would name post offices and we would maybe try and squeak through a bill that legalizes abortion federally. And I just, I, and I, I don't know. I just don't see it happening, which is why I'm kind of like, I've skipped past the stage of negotiation in this death because I just don't see like where the negotiation comes from and I'm happy to be proven wrong. I have just now moved on. I'm like, I'm glad I'm gay. Um, <laughs> hopefully never need an abortion. I'm also glad I live in New York state, you know, like it's just, and it's not that like, you know, the people who are, who are, who it's going to affect are the people in the South and chunks of the Midwest and parts of, you know, the plain States where it will take them time and money to, to go to another state to get an abortion. And I'm sure that we'll see laws pop up and, and if they're not already there, because I'm not fully abreast on all of the state laws regarding abortion, but like, you know, the laws will pop up about if you go out of state to get it, then that's another, that's another right. Is that a crime? criminal act. And if you go right. and then like, and, and I can see, you know, kind of reciprocity laws in the states where it is legal. Like if there's some, I just, it just opens up a whole thing, a whole can of worms that I have already <laughs> agreed to enter. And like, I'd rather look at the worms and deal with them and just be pleasantly surprised when that level of pessimism is proven wrong. <laughs> totally. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, that's what I would love to know. It's like, what, what are the worms? Yeah. What are the worms? Because I know now I know there's worms. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're not telling me like how many worms or how what they worms? look like or what color they are. Are we fishing you know? these worms? And like earthworms or what are they earthworms or kind of worms? And it's, you know, I think to your point, it's like, yeah, the 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 sort of pro-life conservative movement has been playing offense for 30 years and the pro-choice liberal movement has been playing defense for the same amount of time and yep. now we're having to look at a situation where that's gonna that's gonna flip and i and i guarantee you from this moment forward anybody who's up for midterms this year you're right like abortion access was always kind of like like sixth on the line item if yeah. you know you had like a democratic candidate it's like and women should have this you know but it was like, never top of the list. I guarantee you, with the midterms coming around, you're going to hear from Democratic candidates pro-choice, like, uh, language in the same way that we've been hearing the, the pro-life, like, yeah, platform from conservatives for, like, ever. And I was always like, why are we, why is this, it's decided, you know, and they were playing a very long game. Yeah. And now I mean, and now they got to play off. We got to play offense. Yeah. But I hope that's more well received than it has been. Like there are f- 
U.S. senators who lost their seats because they were Democrats and they were pro-choice and they were in states where that was not okay and the voters did not want that. And I just, that's where, that's where I'm like, we have a very long way to go. And Claire McCaskill has talked a lot about this where basically they kind of didn't like being forced to talk about their pro-choice stance because it made them vulnerable. And when the left forced them to keep, to, to get on the record about stuff, like that's what made it hard. Like the, the left, like the, the liberal left, I feel like always wants like, we got to get rid of the Joe Manchins and we got to get rid of this and we got to make like the, you know, the Democratic Party needs to be the party of liberals. That's not the majority of Democrats across the country. And I feel like there are a lot of Democrats, including many of my family members who were who either are, are very on the line or like ever slightly pro-choice or pro-life. But they'll ignore that question if if the rest of the picture of the Democratic candidate is okay, no matter what line, the no number which side that the the person falls on. So and I don't. I, I I agree with that. I think the the big difference though is like, I can see the argument of being like, why are you? Why do we even have to talk about that? Like Roe is a thing. You know what I mean? Like it was always this thing of like, why why do you need to like bring up this kind of controversial issue when there's nothing quote unquote, going wrong from like a very on the line, like maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit pro-choice type of person. Whereas like this isn't something that I think, I think where there could be the potential of grace in this argument is that Mm -hmm. this isn't something that the Democrats have chosen themselves to take on. Like a conservative majority, a conservative supermajority in the Supreme Court, in theory, let's say this plays out how we are expecting it to, overturns a 50-year-old precedent guaranteeing women the right to privacy and, you know, authority yeah. over their own body. That's not something that the Democrats were like, did. They are now reacting to a kind of unprecedented situation that I would a little bit more optimistically think that those who are, you know, very, very moderate and don't really, never really had a, a dog in the fight of abortion. Because abortion is, you know, what everybody knows, is actually a relatively popular, mm-hmm. like, the idea that a woman should have a right to choose is actually, across America, more in favor than losing the the right to an abortion, you know? Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own general idea of what the the parameters of that should be. But the there's a good consensus on the right being there. So I, I do think there is an opportunity, and, and I c- agree that the Democrats could absolutely fumble this ball, for sure. But I do think that there is an opportunity to mobilize around this issue now that there is a reason to, I guess. And we've always seen a reason to, because we've kind of seen women's rights be sort of like plucked and plucked and plucked, mm-hmm. or not always there. Yeah. But now it's this really easy thing of saying, look what they did. They took this away from you. Yeah. We didn't. We want to put it back. That's insane, you know? Yeah. It could, I just, I, I'm, I'm interested to see. Yeah, I am. I am very interested to see. I just think that, like, it's a multi, it's a multifaceted problem of the Democrats are always piss poor at messaging. Um, mm-hmm. They also don't have the bench of candidates. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten a lot better and they've gotten different kinds of benches they've built different kinds of benches lots of different groups many you know some of whom we've talked to you know we've talked to the leaders of groups who are working to elect either younger people or yeah gay and trans people or you know like different kinds of people to office and all of that is really great but i just it to me i don't really see i mean also because it's half this like it's half the states (laughs) like Mm mm-hmm you know, there's so much work to be done and, you know, the everyday, you know, like the economy, like the inflation is spiraling out of control. We're still dealing with repercussions from COVID. Biden's approval rating has fallen basically 10% since the yeah. since its peak. And it's like, I don't even. <laughs> and then there was an article the other day or a news alert that I got 
probably on the same day that this news alert came out that was like, it's probably going to be another Biden Trump showdown for next election cycle. Here's what you need well, to know. Sure. I mean, and I was like, like I'm I going like to shoot my face point. off. <laughs> I am going to shoot my face off. I just like, I, yeah, that's so that's why I, I just I really str- like I try to have I'm not in a, I'm not usually a pessimistic person. I just would like to not fall so hard when I am disappointed <laughs> when this doesn't work out too well you know totally i think it's look it's a shit situation totally that nobody asked for i mean we were everybody was given assurances that these justices wouldn't gut roe and here we are looking at that reality and that's like a whole separate issue I think because we do actually have to get to the notes of, of this um, I know. episode um, <laughs> since we've been talking. They, if you're listening, then you're listening to us kind of like process this for for 20 minutes, which is um, I will say not something we usually do. We're usually very no. quick and bantery, no. and this is a one off. And if you listen to us every week, you know that you know. But this is unprecedented. But thank you for so saying. We get but to this talk is un- about this it. is unprecedented, and clearly, like. Clearly, we have feelings and ideas. We about have. Us. We feel. We feel. We're, we're and we're thinking people. We're women. We and we are and we are. God help us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I think, you know, obviously, once the final opinion is released, we will have an entire episode dedicated to whatever that is. Yes. And you know, I don't want to speculate any more than I have Mm -hmm. until it's just here because it's a painful and stressful process. It is. And I just wish that Roberts would make up for all of his lack of spine (laughs) by voting because he's in the five. Right? That we don't know. He was not listed. It was it's Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. Amy Comey Barrett, and Thomas. Those oh, are the so five it could listed. even it could even go it Rob, could even go. It All could right. be the never one. Um, what I was going to say doesn't matter. I was I was thinking he was in the five. Um, no, that's like the other kind of air of mystery is that we actually don't know where Roberts is landing on this. Right. Um. Not that it, I mean, may- if he's in the mi- minority, it doesn't really matter but at least yeah i think if he's in the minority i would actually be interested if he i would be interested if regardless of where this lands if he writes something for it right i mean it's roberts he did come out and say they were going to do an investigation okay dude well you have i mean you well have you have to, to come out and say like, that but this also is cr- like this is crazy yeah that this got leaked it is so like, regardless of the content, even if it was that they were going to keep Roe, like, yeah. it's so profoundly irresponsible to not tell the American people exactly what's going to happen and instead make them live in fear mm-hmm. for six weeks of something and not give, like, it's just awful. Like, it's already awful that it's being overturned. And now it's awful that we have to, like, basically wait to be executed. It's kind right. of how I feel. Well, I kind of, but I wonder, too, if, just like... Just shoot me. I hope it's... I mean, I don't hope that it's, like, some, you know, some young paralegal intern or something or whomever they have that does their dictation to typing thing. But I just... I, 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 I Part of me is, like, I wonder if this got leaked so that we could have the four to six weeks to stand up and like rally do do you know whatever it is to to get somebody to change their minds not that it's going to happen because these five are not going to change their mind um right it's also like if we if they do right or if that was the goal because they i mean they could have been they could be flip-flopping and we don't know it you know that could that could be a stance But it also plays this very dangerous game of if it is the narrative that somebody leaked this to try to pressure one of the five to change their stance. Yeah. Then we're creating a world in which we're trying to hold the Supreme Court accountable to public pressure. Yeah. Which the whole 
through yeah. line, the whole mission statement is that it's not supposed to appeal to public pressure. Just like it's not supposed to care that this is a divided issue emotionally yes. among Americans. Alito is full of the shit. The idea is what does the Constitution say? Is this protected? Yep. Yes or no. Not people have argued about this. It has broken up families. Right. That doesn't matter. No, the emotions matter. shouldn't matter. That's why Alito's full in of crap. theory. So if that was the purpose of the league, I'm just kind of like, this this isn't what we want. Because even if we did get this victory here, right, and we convince one of them to come over and it's because of public pressure, who's to say that logic won't work on something else down the line negatively towards a cause, right. you know? Right. Like, we shouldn't be in this game. Yeah. Because in theory, on paper, the Supreme Court is not supposed to be worried about public pressure. It's supposed to be worried about what is legal, what yeah. is constitutional, and nothing more. I will say, I am surprised that I haven't heard about, like, and, may and maybe they are happening and I just have not heard about them, but I feel like when Trump was elected, it was like, we're marching, pussy hats, bee ba da boo boo mm. like all of that. And I have heard neither hide nor hair of anything like that. And I'm a little bit like, did we all get the same Panic attack. Well, I mean, inducing. I heard of some like you know, like New York had a little protest. I know they are outside of the Supreme Court protesting, but it, again, that it plays into the idea of like, this isn't the opinion yet. It ha you know, like no, which but, I but, it, so but, but there's always a bill before there's a law. True. You know, like True. it's not the opinion, but it might as okay, well. Okay, Schoolhouse you know, Rock, it, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> oh I don't God. know. I don't know. I, it's it's a surreal time. I don't know what to think. I don't know up from down. And so what I do know is that I did notes. And you did episode. notes. And you did notes. And let's talk about the notes. Let's talk about. I think we're I was talking a about Roe a lot. But I was a little you... nervous because they're on the shorter end. But I was like, oh, we'll talk about it. I'm sure. Well, Hello. We're already we're going to have to rush through these notes. So this isn't an hour and a half long episode. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. But we wanted to talk about Planned Parenthood of Southern Pennsylvania v. Casey, um, or Planned Parenthood v. Casey as it's more short, shorterly, shortened, shortened in, you know, the news. The reason because this is a case that Alito does cite in his draft opinion. Um, this is the case that reaffirmed. Sure. I mean, I think the thing that like the basic thing that was held over from Rhoda Casey is is the right to privacy. But then Casey basically opened up all of the floodgates for all of these laws. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it, but it's 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 not like it was a a double down. It was I mean, it is in one respect, but in a lot of ways, I feel like this also was the writing on the wall of like this was this was a a a, a court case that came down in support of pro-choice, but an area but but one that the you know conservatives looked at and and they were like, all right, cool, cool, cool. We can work with this. Let's yeah. tear it down. And here we are. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And here we so are. So let's let's jump into it. Do you want to talk about today's sources? Oh, sure, 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 sure. So today's sources, we are using Britannica. Of course. LexisNexis, which is like um, a site that has a very nice layout of uh, like court case, all things court case related, uh, Supreme Court related. Um, it's a bit like Oye's, but like a little bit more for the lawyers in our lives. Mm, not as fun. But they had some good, yeah, they had some good uh, little tidbits. A CNN article by Joan Biskupkik. And of course, oh yay, oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. Oh yay, oh yay. The only thing keeping me afloat in this very dark time. Yes. Is oh yays. So let's talk about what the case is. What is Planned Parenthood of Southern Pennsylvania v. Casey? So that case is a legal case decided by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1992 that redefined several provisions regarding abortion rights as established in Roe v. Wade, which was in 1973. So 20 years later, Mm -hmm. we have this case that sort of addresses Roe and makes some updates. The case was a follow-up to the decision of Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade, just to kind of give us a little refresher, was decided in January of 1973 by a 7-2 to vote it was a product of a time when justices defied partisan lineups. We don't really see that too much, except Roberts when he sometimes flip-flops. Mm-hmm. Justice Harry Blackman, who was an appointee of President Richard Nixon, wrote the opinion. The only dissenters for Roe v. Wade were Justices Byron White, who was a JFK appointee. And William Reinquist, who was a Nixon appointee. So we're like all over the board as far all as like board. where they yeah. fall in the partisan lineup. Yeah. As the court struck down a Texas abortion ban, it declared that the 14th Amendment's due process clause, which protects a right to privacy, covers a woman's right to end a pregnancy before fetal viability. The justices established a trimester framework as they balanced a woman's interest with the states for the first trimester for the first trimester, which is roughly the first 3 months of pregnancy. The court said that the abortion decision should be left to a woman and her physician. The second trimester, a state could regulate the abortion procedure in ways reasonably related to women's health. For the final trimester after fetal viability, so basically basically it can live outside the womb, is what that means, the state could promote its, quote, important and legitimate interest in potential life, end quote, and ban abortion except when necessary for the woman's life or health. 
So it gave some tears, Mm -hmm. which I've always agreed with. Yeah. I thought these were great tears. I I would like to see, I feel like the argument on the conservative, on the like pro-life side is that like, you know, the left wants to kill babies. And I'm like, find me a person who wants to kill a baby or who thinks that it's that like an eight month. (laughs) I'm sure. I mean, yes, when they when when the child above me in my apartment is running helter skelter from no end no to no, end I just my... meant that like that's the emotional argument. It's oh yeah, it's the same as like rip the they're ripping babies from the womb. It's like right. that's not that's not what's happening. But also what's like happening. I have never met a Democrat or a liberal or whatever adjective of that political persuasion you want to use. That's like you know eight and a half month fetus yeah 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 sure that's no, that's no problem that's no problem get rid yeah. of it like unless unless it's really endangering the life of the mother i just like i have never heard somebody make that argument i mean and i'm sure it's yeah. out there it's just not the predominant argument and the or the predominant sentiment no i mean it's because it's this is an emotional game mm-hmm. you know it's an emotional and it's also a religious game yeah that is being played by by pro-life and conservative which is you know painting i think very irresponsibly uh a not accurate picture of what like i don't even think people understand that there are in, within row that there were parameters set out no i don't think how, people understand that how women could like when the got like when the line was that you couldn't like i don't even think people know that they put a provision in there. We're in the third trimester. You cannot get an abortion unless no. it will kill you. Right. In which case, I'm like, I think that's very fair. Yeah. Which, like, I don't think you should terminate a full, a, a fetus that could live outside of the right. womb. Unless it was going to kill you. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, and what a horrible, and what a horrible situation to be put in. Yes. As somebody who has brought... A, a fetus to term and having to abort it because you have this unimaginable situation of it will kill me. Right. <laughs> like, so yeah, I think, I think that's part of like the greatest, my greatest anger is that I think that a lot of this, a lot of people get their information and, and this is both sides, but on this issue specifically, and it's not a full picture. Like there's no, there's no acknowledgement that like, Oh, there were actually, I think, very thoughtful parameters surrounding how and when a woman could get an abortion in oh. row. It yeah. wasn't just like, have at it, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> go, go to town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Finishing up the row, little the little row background. So the justices acknowledged that the Constitution contains no explicit reference to a right of privacy but said that in a line of decisions dating to the late 1800s, quote, the court has recognized that a right of personal privacy or a guarantee of certain areas or zones of privacy does exist in the Constitution. These decisions make it clear that only personal rights that can be deemed fundamental or implicit in the concept of ordered liberty are included in this guarantee of personal privacy. Right. So they literally, I mean, this argument that Alito is bringing up again is like, it's not in the Constitution. And what they, the justices in Roe were saying, yeah, we know. Here's precedent where everything's inferring that there's privacy. Right. Because (laughs) if you can't, if if a British soldier is not allowed to enter your house and stay there and make it their own, that implies... That you have a right to that space where you can Mm -hmm. exclude somebody else from coming in and staying there against your will. Like, if that's not a right to privacy, I really don't. I just, I just want it. I want to deliver oral arguments and be like, Samuel Lito, imagine if you will, this sperm are British soldiers. It's 1962. I am a house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this sperm is British soldiers, and I don't want them in my house. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going? Can you I kick them out? Do, do they, can they not come in? Do you see where I'm going? Boom, bada, bing. And that's why I don't deliver um, arguments in front of the Supreme Court. But well, that, that, and that, the, that is the only reason why. I think, it, I think it could have been jazzy. I think it could have ruffled some feathers. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about the the background of Planned Parenthood v. Casey. So after Roe was decided, so Roe was decided in 1973, like Lizzie said, in 1988 and 1989, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, led by Governor Robert Casey, enacted new abortion statutes through the Abortion Control Act. Oh. I know. Come up with a better name. Just... Because because they were happening willy nilly, everybody was getting yeah. them. Yeah, out of control. They're just uh, left and right. It's fucking as far as the eye can see. Getting abortion after your avocado toast, like that's but it. But it's shit like this. It's like there's no regulation. Roe has regulations, right? It's literally in Roe the regulation. What was happening really was that, and you'll see it when uh, when they, there's like five things that were brought before the Supreme Court that the governor was trying to. You know, he put into law and and, and um, was trying to to keep on the books, and they all basically have to do with like the father has rights. Oh, mm-hmm. it all has to do with the men. Men, men, mm-hmm. men, men, menly men, men. <laughs> sure, don't they just? Don't they just? I forget that the men they just are lacking in and rights. I, I'm not a man hater, but I'm just like they were so angry. They were mad. They were, they were mad. mad. And I understand, like, I understand, like, if you were with somebody and, and, you know, you have sex with somebody, the, they, the person, and you're a man and the person that you have sex with gets pregnant and they want to terminate it and you want to keep it. Like, I understand that dilemma. Like. Sure. It did take you two to be involved. I think if Roe gets overturned. And it's and it becomes which it will be in several states uh, criminalized to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. I think the mother and the father of the child should be equally charged. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I don't I don't see another way to make this fair. Yep. It's like if this is if, the, if we're gonna criminalize abortion, we need to criminalize the two people that brought us to this tango. Exactly. And see and see how that goes. And just see how that plays out. Not I well. mean, we won't see it, but like. No, but it's, you know. it's entertaining to entertain. Yeah. So the Abortion Control Act did uh, a couple of things. One of the statutes provided that one, a woman seeking an abortion is required to give her informed consent prior to the abortion procedure and to be provided at least 24 hours before the abortion is performed with certain information concerning her decision whether to go whether to undergo an abortion or not. It's the 24-hour waiting period. Mhm. Yes, I want the abortion. Yes, I've thought about it. Do you really want to be a horrible person? Come back tomorrow, maybe you won't want to be a horrible person. Mhm. That's what they're doing. Another provision in question was to a minor seeking an abortion is required to obtain the informed consent of one of her parents or guardians but has available a judicial bypass option if the minor does not wish to or cannot obtain such consent. So I love a judicial bypass option because it's it's put in here to make it seem like we're giving them another option to just in case they're in like a not safe home environment. But when you think about what a judicial bypass option is, she will have the baby before she even gets a court hearing. Yeah. And what do you like? What fourteen year old is like? Sure, let me retain a lawyer. Let me take my judicial bypass. To out. Yes, get my absolutely. judicial bypass so that I can abort the child that I am yes. pregnant with by my father. Like, and not yeah, that let that's me get, every let me get teenager. Resources to go to a judicial review. No. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm a minor, and I'm supposed to pay legal fees. <laughs> right, and like I'm supposed to understand like, what is a judicial bypass would be my first mm-hmm. question. Yeah, and what store do I go to buy that? Exactly right. You know? Like who? No. This is, you're exactly right. It's uh, it's like a false olive tree or olive branch. Mm-hmm. So the third provision in question is unless certain exceptions apply, a married woman seeking an abortion is required to sign a statement indicating that she has notified her husband of her intended abortion. Mm, gotta get daddy's permission. Gotta get daddy's permission. He also has to keep all your credit cards and all your cash yeah. and you can't have any autonomy yourself. Yeah, but if a man wants to get a vasectomy, I am, you don't have to give no. your consent. 
Isn't no. that wild? It's wild. Isn't that wild that there's it's no wild. procedure in which a woman has to give her husband consent no. to do? And Isn't if, that and insane? If, and if the husbands want to masturbate into a sock, they have no they have no rights over the abandonment of those sperm. I know. The wives. There could be good sperm in there. There could be good doctors in there. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Just okay. so tired. <laughs> I know. Keep going. The fourth, we're all, we're we're halfway. We're we're. This is the penultimate statute in question. Four, compliance with the foregoing requirements is exempted in the event of a medical emergency, which term is defined in another statutory provision as a pregnant woman's medical condition that, on the basis of a physician's good faith clinical judgment, necessitates an immediate abortion to avert the woman's death or to avert a serious risk of substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function. So basically they're like, you can get out of it. All of this is null if she's going to die. If she's going to die, you can give the abortion. Yeah. Which like, thanks. Preesh. Yeah. Preesh. Thank you for letting me live because you know what? Thank you. Thank you. I don't live. For letting me live. the, The fetus doesn't live. If I die, the fetus also dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I appreciate the permission and letting me live. Mm-hmm. I really do. God bless Godspeed. God bless. The last statute in question is that facilities providing abortions are subject to certain reporting and record-keeping requirements, which do not include the disclosure of the identities of women who have undergone abortions, but which include a requirement of reporting a married woman's failure to provide notice to her husband of her intended abortion. So we're not collecting names. Although if we did do that, I feel like we also then have grounds for a gun registry. But that's just me. But we have to tattletale if if a woman doesn't notify her husband and potentially put her in a life-threatening situation. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Go off. Tell me, tell me you hate me in five statues or less. <laughs> Go. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. So before any of these provisions took effect, five abortion clinics and one physician representing himself as well as a class of physicians who provided abortion services brought suit seeking relief on the allegations that each provision was unconstitutional on its face. Hell yeah. The United States District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, after entering a preliminary injunction against enforcement of the provisions, so the the district court, United States District Court, federal court for this part of Pennsylvania said, uh, no, you're not putting these statutes in place. So they uh, entered immediate injunction. That's what that means. And held that all the provisions were unconstitutional. So they're agreeing with the abortion providers. Yeah. And they entered a permanent injunction against the state's enforcement of the provisions. So the, this district federal court has heard the argument of the statutes, has heard the argument of the abortion providers who are saying these are unconstitutional. The federal court decided to, they agreed with the abortion providers and said, uh, yeah, they are unconstitutional. Dismissed. Bye. Bye. <laughs> if only. If only, if only. Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania brought suit against the governor protesting the constitutionality of the statutes. So this is what they bring to the Supreme Court, a suit against the governor. And the question now before the Supreme Court is, and this is coming from our beloved Oye, Oye, Oye. Mm. Can a state require women who want an abortion to obtain informed consent? wait 24 hours, if married, notify their husbands, and if minors, obtain parental consent without violating their right to an abortion as guaranteed by Roe v. Wade. So assuming that Roe v. Wade, because it is the law of the land, even it's a court case, it was decided, people have right to mm-hmm. privacy, do mm-hmm. all of these statutes violate the right to privacy as laid out in Roe v. Wade? That's the question. I can't wait to find out the answer. I know. Cliffhanger. So let's talk about the argument and the decision for this case. Justices Sandra Day O'Connor, Anthony Kennedy, and David Souter joined forces to write the opinion. Rehnquist, White, and Justices Antonin Scalia and Clarence Thomas dissented. Clarence Thomas has been around for a long, long time. 
I, I just please retire. My God. Could you imagine? Not in this lifetime. Maybe he would. If there was a Republican president, he would. Oh, sure. But he's not. Not while there's. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> a part of the decision upholding specific Pennsylvania abortion restrictions came down to a separate 7-2 vote. Blackman and Justice John Paul Stevens dissented. As in 1973, the bench was less defined by party politics. The only one of the nine who had not been appointed by a Republican president was white. So there is one quote unquote liberal and eight conservatives at this time. Yeah. The majority reaffirmed Roe based on principles of stare decisis, which is basically adherence to precedent. The court reiterated that women have a right to an abortion before fetal viability. It also reasserted that a state may restrict abortions after viability if the law contains exceptions for a woman's life or health. Again, thank you so much for telling me I can live. Mm -hmm. The court, however, discarded the, the trimester approach and diluted the standard for when a state regulation violates the abortion right. The court said the trimester framework had failed to sufficiently accommodate states' interests and that the new standard should be whether a regulation puts a, quote, undue burden on a woman seeking abortions. A finding of an undue burden is a shorthand for the conclusion that a state regulation has the purpose or effect of placing a substantial obstacle in the path of a woman seeking an abortion of a non-viable fetus, is what they wrote. The justices in Planned Parenthood v. Casey again emphasized that the court had historically afforded constitutional protection to personal decisions relating to marriage and contraception. So they're again, basically kind of reaffirming, we have given right to privacy rulings in the past, even though the phrase right to privacy, you cannot find in the 10 page document called the constitution. (laughs) Just to kind of like, I feel like they were like, I, we know we Mm -hmm. hear, we know what you're going to say. But we've already done this for 200 years. Yep. So if we're taking away the right to privacy, we have to, we have a lot of work to do. It's just so clear from the, from these little passages that you read, just like the level of hypocrisy that exists on the right. And I know this is obvious, but like, I feel like, you know, the right, the the Republican, right, conservative, whatever name you want to give that group. Um, is so, you know, get out, like, get the government out of my life. No government in my life. I don't want the government. I don't want to get. Meanwhile, they're like, we have five statutes that our Republican <laughs> governor has written that we would like to be okayed by the Supreme Court. Well, it's about women. It doesn't, it's not the same. <sighs> it's just the hypocrisy. Like, just, if you would, if, if they would just admit that their ideals are in conflict with one another I would have at least a modicum of more respect for them. <laughs> sure. And I don't, I don't mean that, you know, like that it's not everybody. I don't like when people are grouped together. It drives me nuts. But like as, as an entity, let's say the Republican party, mm-hmm. you know, I hear you. Thank you. I hear you. I did not expect to be this animated during this episode, but obviously of course I slash we would be, of um, course. we feel, we feel, we feel, we feel we're, we are humans with uteruses mm-hmm. In a bitter five to four decision. The court again reaffirmed Roe, but it el- upheld most of the Pennsylvania provisions in Casey justices O'Connor, Souter and Kennedy issued a joint opinion adopting the undue burden standard, which is currently controlling law governing review of abortion restrictions. So that's still what we use today. Yeah. And who's to say what an undue burden is. And it would be different for everybody. It's not like driving 10 miles or, right. dri- you know, Ms. making more driving 50 miles to get an abortion is the same amount of burden for everybody. Right. You know, like it's you vague. and I could do that more easily than somebody in the middle of Omaha or the middle of Nebraska, you know, like. For sure. 
Under the standard, the only provision to fail the unique burden test was the husband notification requirement. In a rare step, the opinion for the court was crafted and authored by three justices, O'Connor, Kennedy, and Souter. The justices warned in 1992 against a, quote, surrender to political pressure, close quote, and insisted that a reversal of a watershed opinion, quote, in the absence of the most compelling reason, would subvert the court's legitimacy beyond any serious question, close quote. So these justices are like, here we are. Listen to us, future justices. Do not be persuaded by the political issues of the day. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Mm-mm. I mean, and they're right. It's like, this isn't just any type of court case. Like, to overturn, and we're talking about a, right now we're talking about a, a true, like, if it, if, if, Alito's opinion was the opinion that was published tomorrow. It's a true and proper overturn. It's not a, it's not leaving some. It is truly saying that federally there is no protection to a woman's right to privacy in the constitution. That is like flipping over the car. Yep. To do that is so profound And has not been done in our lifetime, Mm -hmm. first of all. But, like, I'm trying to even think of, like, when the last time something like that was done, where we overturn something that that is encroaching on the realm of civil liberties. Right. I feel like when we've, like, when we've seen a big overturn like this, it's because we've gone from, like, Brown v. Board. Brown v. Board? Yeah. You know, like, we've gone from, like, Plessy to Brown v. Brown v. Board or something like that. Right. Where it's, like, but it's, but it, but it's the opposite of, like, we're actually. We're going back. Expanding to, we're expanding rights, which is what Roe did, basically. Right. We're expanding. Right. right. Protection. Right. This is a retractal, a retraction. Not right. Retractal, that's not a word, but a retraction of protection. You make up your own words. These justices I, are making Because you know what? I'm going to die. You They're going to kill up. me. Retractal. Retractal is now retractal. a word. And so I like, I'm, I'm struggling to find <laughs> something that is as profound as what this means. You know, mm-hmm. it, again, should the opinion that Alito drafted be the draft, which May or may not be. It could be a very watered down version that guts row in certain ways, but not others. Um, it would be it would be catastrophic, and it would set off a long road of other legislation being yes challenged that like nothing to do with abortion rights. But if we don't have a no. right to privacy, if that truly doesn't exist. We have a lot to look at. <laughs> yep. You know. Um, so it is, it has consequences, I think, beyond our dizziest daydreams. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to think about it anymore. No. I feel like <laughs> we have, it, you, you're right, it is a draft. We have talked about it for an hour-ish, almost an hour. An hour-ish. We've yeah. talked about one of the, we've, done an episode on Roe v. Wade. We've now done an episode on Casey. I feel like now we have earned... It is a Friday afternoon. It's Friday afternoon, Now we have earned the right to, like, turn off our computers, have a cocktail, and be with friends. Be with friends. Be with friends. Love yourselves. Love each other. Mm -hmm. You know, donate to places. If you're not Mm -hmm. voting, I have nothing to say to you. Um... And just be kind and cautious. Obviously, when the actual opinion comes out, we will address then. But I'm going to say that we're probably not going to address this again until that happens. Because I want to, you know, there's other things going on. And we got to we got to also remember that we have to keep living our lives and not living Mm -hmm. in fear of this looming cloud that we don't know what's going to happen. Yes. We must not so we don't have to live in fear until there's something to fear. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, shout out to all my ladies who have uteruses and want to give birth or not give birth. What a terrible time to be a, a, a human with a uterus. Mm-hmm. We feel. It's true. And that is the end of this episode. As always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.